Yeah. Alright. In five, four, three, two. What up, what up, what up? Welcome to yet another episode of the Ugly Money Podcast. I am your host, Ugly Money Nietzsche. This episode is being brought to you by Engorge Rejuvenation Tea, promoting erections, improving styles, stamina, and libido. And if I could have the lovely charade, come bring me that Engorge so I can show them that card. You know what I'm saying? So, so, I, so I can, so it, we got to get the energy right in here tonight. You know what I'm saying? Who better to bring? This engorge rejuvenation. Thank you, Miss Lady Goddess. She's in the building. She's trying to stay off camera. Listen, man. Engorge rejuvenation team promoting erections, improving size, stamina, and libido. Make sure you go to engorge.com. That's E-N-G-O-R-G.com to get yours today. All natural male supplement. <laughs> and we got a show for you today, man. I need y'all to go ahead and get the likes up. I got a young man in the building that's doing yes, big sir. things. Alabama's yes, own. Mr. CT is here, man. Appreciate it, appreciate it, appreciate it. Just like you said, ATL, get ready. We getting ready to start a whole movie here in Atlanta. Yes, sir. I'm on Record Night at the Ugly Money Podcast. Yes, let sir. you know we were the first one in Atlanta to do an official Juneteenth party called Juneteenth Culture Explosion. When people ask what it is, we just tell them out the gate. We celebrating the holiday yeah. for what it is, unapologetically. We emphasize with the history yeah. when we say that we celebrate with a purpose. We acknowledge the dark path, but we sympathize with the present. And Amen, we prophesy that this is going to be something for everybody. It's going to be a movie that really sticks to Atlanta. You know, um, Atlanta being Wakanda, you know, being the, the, the place where uh, black men and women can come and prosper. You know what I'm saying? Uh, what better place to have Juneteenth, the, the, official, the official Juneteenth celebration than right here in Atlanta? <laughs> It's a powerful thing. You got so many people that, that come through here, but the thing that we know the most is when Atlanta put its stamp on something, it go viral. And speaking of viral, that's the theme for this year, hashtag going viral under 50 years of hip-hop. Being here in the black mecca, you got so many resources that you can tap into that's going to buy in what you is. But one thing I learned about the A is you just can't give them anything. Yes, sir. When they say, what you doing? Because we already know people do not care about Juneteenth. How do people do not know? Yeah. And the sad thing about most black people is we want to standardize what we do yeah. when there's no blueprint, when you are the blueprint. Come on. So we don't need to look for nowhere else because what we do is so vibrant, so eccentric. Everybody else is capitalizing and prostituting off of us being who we are. Mm. So why should we be ashamed of celebrating who we are? Amen. We are people of purpose. Come on. Like when God made us, I don't know what he put in that pitch of Kool-Aid, but he did something. <laughs> he, <laughs> he took a little extra time. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 he did <laughs> something. He did something. He said, let me stir it up. And, and then another thing, how resilient and determined we are. Like, we are people that overcome. Yes, sir. Like, not just the harp on the cliche thing, but a hard time never humble us. We always know how to bounce back and rise. That's why when you look over here to us, we have so many rats to riches store. We have so many stories that touch the world. Even just like with Juneteenth Culture Explosion, what yes, we're doing, it's going to touch the world. This is going to be going on for here on and out because we are doing it different. We the first one that came on the scene and say, we celebrating Juneteenth for what it is, for what it worth, yes, and this is how you're going to do it. Now, you do have some people, they be like, you are scarring and tarnishing the history. Hmm. I said, were well, you there when they first got the news when them Union soldiers pulled up in Gavison, Texas, and said, y'all are no longer free? Come on. 
They do what we do best. They did what they did best then. They pull out that mason jar. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they cook a little something, and they dance. That they is. celebrate it with a purpose. Their purpose was is freedom. Well, it's you know, thing you know, nowadays. And you know, the beautiful thing, it, it, it's a party with a purpose. You know, if uh, Atlanta being the, the birthplace of Freaknik yeah. and having tens of thousands of people come, and you know, disrespect the freak because you know I know yeah. there's it's some aunties out there, some mamas out That's there. Man. You know, saying that 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 you know, because I'm gonna watch it on Hulu. We're gonna see y'all. Yeah, we're gonna see y'all on that freak documentary because there's a whole bunch of grandmas out here that were getting right. But yeah. yeah, if we can if we can fellowship and we can come together for those <laughs> ratchet purposes, you know what I'm saying? We should be able to come together and fellowship for something positive. We should be able to come together and celebrate our freedom as a people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I think, and it's it's, it's always interesting to me because, like, even now they they got freak nicks popping up in these different cities, and I'm like, listen, mm-hmm. hey man, look, take that same energy that you went to freak nick with and bring it down to Juneteenth to that cultural celebration, man, because that's what it's all about. But this time, you can bring your kids. You can bring your grandma, you can bring your auntie. You know, I think yeah. that's the beautiful thing about it. It's a party with a purpose, man. Mm-hmm. And originally, I, I always pay homage. Originally, Juneteenth ATL started in 2012. Okay. And we came along when we did it. We were just like nothing. And by, like you said, Atlanta being the Black Mecca, the original Wakanda. We like, there's nothing on the nightlife that put energy into Juneteenth, the holiday. So we said, we need to do this. And so in 2021, when we did the first Juneteenth culture explosion, mm-hmm. and we was the only one, you can go on Eventbrite, anything, you see, we the only one that said a true Juneteenth party. Everybody else was just capitalizing off the name. Mm. When they were having Black Expo, Network Shop, or they might say a celebration. And just like what we're doing as a noun, it's for the adults, but we are growing it to what Essence Festival is. Mm-hmm. We're growing into where everybody come out. The plans that we got coming down the road, what we going to do with this, all I can say, ATL, get ready for the three-day event. Yeah, three days. So let, let's talk about the actual culture explosion. What, what, can they, what can one expect if they are to attend? All right. Attending on um, JCE 2023 this year is Whenever we do, whenever we throw the Juneteenth Culture Explosion Party, we always have people leaving with an experience. This year, we got Oscars Wars Live, and they do like a live musical game show, kind of like crowd control, kind of like uh, Dizzy, how he how energetic he is. Yeah. The crowd is going to be on 10 soon as they get on stage, and they got two of the top DJ with uh, Sneezo, with Seven Trey. And then also we got the lovely Jamila C. Gray, our special guest host, the star of the movie on the come up. Okay. And then we we got that man. <laughs> we when I say we got that man, yeah. We got Atlanta's own, by the way, of Brooklyn and Panama, the legendary DJ Scratch Matches, DJ Popo, Triller versus Top Eight Resident DJ. Come on. Bringing all the signs. So when they get there. They're going to experience a time. They're going to experience love. They're going to experience faith. They're going to experience hope. And that's the whole purpose why we do JCE, to rejuvenate our people. Hey, man, when you look in the mirror, you are the reason that you need to celebrate. Okay. No matter what the narrative that have been painted, you are the reason to be celebrating. That's what we're doing. That's the whole model of celebrating with a purpose. No, nah, man, that's all. You know, that's, 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 that's dope. We can have a good time. We can have fun. But you know what I'm saying? It, it, it's, it's amazing when we can do it for a reason. 
and, and for a positive reason and for, and for something that everybody needs just a lot of more awareness of you know what I mean yeah. uh, a lot of people still don't even know what Juneteenth is and that what part. it signifies it and so uh, for those people that, that are watching this publication if you don't know who Juneteenth what Juneteenth is and what it signifies CT is going to explain it to you because he can explain it better than I can so, <laughs> so for those people that have been sleeping under a rock and don't know about themselves what is Juneteenth you sound like my cousin when you said that. Shout out to Hoover. <laughs> so Juneteenth is the black race freedom. On June 19th, the Union soldiers came to Gavin, Texas, and they let the slaves on the Texas plantation know that, hey, the war is over. And, of course, we know they fought all 1865. The Emancipation uh, Documents one never signed in 1863 that stated that we were free. But in 1865, due to the bloodshed, during the Civil War, that's how we got free. And it's June 19th when the news arrived in Gavison, Texas. That's where it started at. Juneteenth started, the celebration started in Gavison, Texas. They kept it going. Wow. They kept celebrating. That's why they eat red velvet cake. Mm. That's why they drink red soda. The biscuits, high tea. That red represent for the blood that was shed for them to have freedom. And when you think about it, when you go look at certain verses of the Negro National Anthem, it talk about the dark past. It talk about the road that were trolled. You know how this went for sin. That's why when we come about and they say, what do you all bring to the table? We empathize with that dark past. Mm. But we prophesize for a greater future. And we sympathize with the present by increasing love, faith, and hope by the way we celebrate and lead people with that experience when they come rock with us for JCE. There it is, brother. Man, I got, I got you. You got Chad CT got some game for y'all, man. Hey, man we, got, we, we got, we got, I got, I got to get some gems out, you sir. So first and foremost, la, 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 we gonna go off, we gonna go off subject. We will come back to Juneteenth. Say let, but 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 who was CT before CT became the CT that we know? Oh man, from Greensboro, Alabama, the baby boy too. Um, come from a living home, went to Alabama State. Players cap down okay. Alabama State. Yes, sir. Um, oh, he was a capper. Yeah. Oh, man. Shimmy, shimmy, shimmy. Oh, cool. Nope. Hey, my ex girlfriend cheated on me with a capper, man. Hey, man. Sorry to hear that. It's all good, man. <laughs> but now, man, um, the role for me, man, been a humble role. I never expected to be doing this. I always have a solid core group. You know, my cousin Hoover always stood behind me 110%. My brother Duke, that's a, a part of this with me, that's side by side with me. Um, a lot of host of friends or family, uh, my making family, my mentor down there. Yeah. A lot of people have invested in me. A lot of people seen me when I was on that road. Yes, sir. And that was a, a, a humble road. I'm not going to sit here and act like, Bad or good, but just tell the truth. Just like it was just it was a journey, and along that journey, I always say this. That's why I received the blessing that I got now, because that journey always kept me close to God. Amen, Not to bro. say anything perfect or nothing like that, but it humbled me enough to say, you know, God, I know I need you. Yes, sir. And I'm thankful now, and I'm reaping that now, because I would never imagine to be on the Ugly Money podcast. Yes, sir. One of my cousins hit me up. He said, "What would you know about ugly money?" I said, "Oh, <laughs> in the same yeah. seat that Charleston White sat, sit, CT. Yeah. <laughs> this ain't that type of interview." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. man, you know what I'm saying? Say what? 
put my mic down. Put, put my. Oh, my bad. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, um, so question. You come from humble beginnings, coming from Alabama, going to Alabama State. What, what what advice do you have someone coming from humble beginnings and how to overcome obstacles, uh, not to be succumbed to you know statistics or you know stereotypes of black men? Dream big and don't worry about what the next person doing because it's, it's easier to say it down, but you can't miss something that you don't got. And then along that process, hopefully you learn that there's a time and place for everything. Mm. Like God is never going to give you something that you're not ready for. If you're not ready for it, it's just like I probably, be honest, I've been tagged with this vision. Yes, sir. But he knew what time to impregnate me with the vision so I can give birth to the vision. But for the most part, just really like stay grounded and just focus on what you can do. Don't worry about what you can't. But once again, that process is ugly because it's still going to be some bumps and lumps on that road before yes, you get to the point where like, I love me enough to love me to not be sad or worry about what I ain't got. Come on. But I'm going to be optimistic enough to say, this is where I'm going. Mm-hmm. I always had the mindset that my current situation my present situation would not be my future situation. I always had the mindset that I was going farther than where I'm at right now. Because my motto now, what we, what the team and myself, what we've been saying now, it's, it's, on the, it's up from here. For sure. It's up from here. You know, um, we all, growing up, have, uh, it's, like, it's like the cards are against us, man. It's like, uh, you know, for a black man to be successful in, in today's society, he has to do 10 times more than, you know, his other counterparts and things of that nature. Uh, we almost have to overachieve to be normal. True. You know what I'm saying? Um, I remember a time that I was looking at a house <clears throat> and given I feel like I'm one of the, you know, the, the, the subject matter experts in my particular area in the country. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I finally made it. I'm going to get yeah. this house, right? <laughs> Yeah, and so you know, while I'm while I'm going in the house or whatever, the neighbors pull up in the golf cart. And he's like, "Hey, how you doing?" And you know, I introduce myself, and he's like, "Oh, what <laughs> what you do?" You know, and I say, "Like, well, you know, I'm like an urban renaissance man, and you know, working hard and built my own company from scratch." And he's like, "Oh, that's cool." And I'm looking at these million dollar houses, and I say, "Oh man, well, what do, what do you do?" You know, what I'm saying, "Yeah, so, I'm a dentist." And no disrespect to dentists, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure this man ain't the best dentist in the world. <laughs> or even the top 10% of, you know, of dentists in the world. But the fact of the matter is that, you know, he may have had a head start in life than I did. Bingo. And so t- sometimes we have to overachieve as black brothers. But um, brother, you are you are you are embodiment of that. You know what I'm saying? Of just taking the odds stacked against you and overcoming that. Talk to me about a time in your life where you fell down. And you had to get back up, and how'd you do it? Uh, 2008, I actually thought about quitting school. Wow. I thought about dropping out of Alabama State. I felt like, in my head, I felt like I wasted my mom and dad time. Hmm. And I felt like, to be honest, I felt like I was worthless. And I remember walking. <clears throat> my, um, my brother, he stayed in a whole nother Apartment complex okay. in Montgomery, Eastern Boulevard. It's a six. Shouts out to the Gump. Yeah, Monkey <laughs> Time. <laughs> and so I went. I had just got through doing a field observation because uh, I graduated with uh, my bachelor degree in education. Wow. And so I went walking. I had first I called him. I said, "Bro, you at the house?" He said, "Yeah." I said, "I'll be there in an hour." 
He never knew that I was walking. So as I was walking, I'm like, man, forget this. I'm about to quit. I'm wasting everybody's time. I ain't got no car. I'm tired of these people think I need them. I fight all of them. You know that? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was saying. So as I was walking, and at the time, I wasn't spiritually developed, so I hear something to say, stop. And so I stop, say, turn around, and say, keep going. So I get halfway point, and I hear something again say, stop. And it say, keep going. So when I got three-fourths of a way there, it said, stop. And this time, when it, when it told me to turn around, said, did you really think I bought you this far to leave you? Come on. So turn, so turn around and keep going. And that's why I would say you can't really worry about what you don't have, but you got to stay focused and narrow-minded on a greater purpose that ahead. Yes, sir. Because we don't, if we knew what was down the road, we wouldn't go down the road. Hmm. A lot of people <laughs> say they want to know, uh, I want to go to a prophet, tell me this. The prophet will give you the good stuff, but they will tell you the hard stuff. Wow. Because we knew the hard stuff that we had to go through, we wouldn't go through it. Come on. We probably turn around and go the other way. That part. Take a left. That, <laughs> Catch that, Uber. Yeah. I ain't going down there. <laughs> yeah, no, for real, man. Now you, yeah. you 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 went to Alabama State University. The Alabama State University. The, yes. <laughs> Which is the HBCU. That part. Uh I've had an opportunity to attend Virginia State University for a semester in my in my younger years, and I also mm-hmm. attended Virginia Commonwealth University. I know the differences that I've seen, but give us some differences between attending an HBCU and a regular university. Well, the HBCU, it truly is a spirit, and that's going back to Juneteenth Cold Explosion, how we are acknowledging how you're centering and vibrant. That's a whole nother ball game, but one thing that really makes it different, when you get into the room with those professors, and when they take on to you, you become their child. Come on. They start becoming links in the chain to help you get where you need to be. And they, when you first get there, you might be like, man, why you own me like this? But they, what you just said earlier, we got to do 10 times more just to have a little success. I'm trying to tell you. And they'll tell you about straighten up. Hmm. Talk right. No, we, we just getting you to pronunciate. It's not that you're talking like any other persuasion. Mm-hmm. We just getting you to pronunciate. And they say appearance and everything. Look a man, look a person in the eye. Yes, sir. Firm handshake. Be on time. Mm. They start molding. It's just like you get on a potter's wheel and they just start molding you. And then you de- you develop another sense of pride and that place start becoming home. Yes, sir. Compared to other university, you ain't gonna get that same love. If you're not a trust fund kid, and I actually had a conversation with um some young ladies when I was down in Florida. One went to Penn and one went to Yale. Okay, wow. And I remember one thing they said. You can tell who the Kennedys, who the Rockefeller, who the Welches. Wow. And they were just like, they don't go off their actual name, but you can really tell it's a big division. Because think about it. Hmm. Most black people, we don't even have the money to even set up a trust or even get the estate going. Most black people ain't got $3,700 to start to sit with a lawyer to set up an estate. Yes, sir. And that's the part of how they get ahead. Like, let's take Rock. I'm going to give you some gems. Mm-hmm. And he said this. Let's tell you Rockefeller, pretty much on the banking industry, the oil industry, all that, SI, you name it. But with that trust, that's why 10 generations from him ain't got to work or do nothing. That trust sit there and gain educate. You knew to set it up. But at the same time, had a head start of getting a piece of the pie. Unlike us, how we got to jump through hoops just to get some of a loan. Mm. 
and they're going to check us if we even do a grant. Did this penny go here? Did this penny go there? <laughs> we ain't got the same starting blocks. Exactly. Yeah. I, um, there was a, I was watching, uh, I was watching Power the other day, and I hate to use this <laughs> reference. Nah, but I was ahead. watching Power, and uh, they, were in, they were in school, and Tariq and the rest of the kids, because, you know, he goes to this prominent school, and it was talking about, you know, uh, step forward. If you had both mom and dad, and you step forward, and step forward if you step backwards if you ever had the lights out, and people step backwards, and mm-hmm. you know, and you know, step forward if you've never had to worry about you know your bills being paid, and some you know, and then at the end of these questions that they asked, it was mostly white kids at the front. Mm-hmm. Tariq was a little bit behind them. You know what I'm saying? But all the black kids was in the back. back. A lot of the brown kids was in the back. And, um, you know, that just goes in. And she made a she made a, a dope point when she was like, OK, this is where you start. Doesn't mean it's where you finish. Mm. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we may start back. We may start at the back of the room. But we gotta make up that we gotta make up that ground, you know. Yeah. And that's that, and that yeah. that goes from just the the whole overachieving thing. But I want to switch total gears, and let's talk <laughs> Deion Sanders, <laughs> who was a football coach at an HBCU, the Jackson State University, and now is a football coach at Colorado. <clears throat> Deion Sanders has gotten uh, did had had a tremendous time at Jackson State, uh, brought all kinds of money and sponsorships and eyes on HBCU sports. And uh, I think they might have lost two games in three years or something like that. It was ridiculous. Dion did his thing. What are your thoughts about Dion Sanders transitioning from the HBCU to the big time school? He never lied to us like he wasn't going to entertain it or take it. But first of all, appreciate you, Prime, for you know bringing the light to HBCU for what you did to Jackson State, everybody had their own personal goal. And this is another thing where myself, I'm starting to get out of trying to place my opinion on somebody else because I don't know what they pray for. I don't know what their main goal is. Mm -hmm. And it's so many ways that you can look at it, but at the same time, I'm not about to try to be politically correct to sound (laughs) woke or to sound like, oh, yeah, that sound right. No, but if we really want to look at something – he didn't really know the uphill battle that he had to fight. And that's the part I'm going to be honest about. It, it's a struggle when it comes to pushing most HBCU forward because when it comes to administration, that where the fight get lost. You got people on the ground that's willing to fight and really take it on. Like, HBCUs can be so much more, but of course, integration interrupted that. Hmm. It's just like going to the beehive instead of getting a scoop of honey, you take the whole hive. They went and took the whole hive. Like my dad used to say, may you rest in peace. He used to always say, what are them boys at Alabama would have went to Alabama State? Come on. If they would have all be like, I'm going to stay at home, it would be a different story. But home had to take care of home. For sure. If the, I, don't, I wasn't there, but say for instance, if they would have made the condition idealistic and he not had to fight or not be cheated out of some deals that were put on the table, he probably would have still been there. And he probably would have built it up. But, you know, shout out to Prime for reaching that goal. But a lot of people had misopinion about that. Yeah, for sure. It was, it was, a, it was a spicy topic. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And um, I don't know, man. When I, when, when I heard about it, I, 
I couldn't do nothing but just congratulate a, a black brother from from, from progressing yep. in his in his secondary career. You know, he had an amazing career in football and and baseball, but now he you know he 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 took the challenge of becoming a coach, and he's had a lot of success. And you know, he got a raise. Yeah, big raise. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah. and, and I was sitting there looking at him. I'm like, how can you be mad? Correct. At a man that has brought millions of dollars to a program, millions of eyes and impressions to 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 you know a actual sports program, and because he got a raise, correct. He he created nepotism for his family. He putting the kids ahead, and he like I take this stone just to get you out where you need to be. Like we talking about them steps forward, them steps back. Yeah, where you start at, where you gonna finish at. Mm. Can't be mad on him for that because that what we do just like you said. Well, I'm mad at that man for progressing. You pulled a shot on somebody that get blessed because that way you know God can do it for you too. Amen. When you do that right there, yours is on the way as well too. And stop trying to be opinionated. That's 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 nothing. What yeah, me man. and my brother were talking about that. That's that problem now. You always worrying about what right, left, front, back doing yeah. instead of focus on. Come on, focus you know, on. Mind, yeah. mind your business. That man. part. Do you? Do you? Well, I'm definitely gonna be watching Colorado this year. I ain't. You ain't gonna watch. <laughs> I ain't say I'm gonna be yeah. rooting for him. Yeah. But, but, but if, yeah. play, if Colorado playing Alabama, I'm rooting for Colorado. Road Tide. Ah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You know, uh, Road Tide has to be the most hated football program in the history of college football. Shout out to Slit Nick. <laughs> Shout out to Nick Saban. He did that for us. Hey, man, I um, I tell this story. Anytime I, I, I interview somebody with Alabama, man, I never forget, man. We were in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. We was on tour. We stopped in Tuscaloosa, Alabama at Dreamland Barbecue. Look like mm. the back of somebody, um, back of somebody's house. Yeah. We stopped. We want to get some real, we want to get some real barbecue. We stopped at Dreamland. It looked like it looked like a like an old shack. And it was cooking, <laughs> they were cooking the, they were cooking the ribs in the chimney. And it, they brought out a half a loaf of bread and, and some barbecue sauce in a styrofoam cup. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do with that? They say, dip the bread in the barbecue sauce. I say, all right, cool. So I'm trying to get with it, right? <laughs> now, this is during an Alabama game. And it's packed. Everybody got their roll tied. I don't, I don't know what color it is. It looked like dark red. Is it, is it crimson? It's crimson. Correct. You're on track. Crimson. Okay, cool. <laughs> so everybody got crimson on or whatever. You know, we, we coming from Georgia. We don't want to say too much. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we don't want to say too much because, you know, and I never forget, man, Alabama scored a, a touchdown. And I saw a 70, 67-year-old white man hug. A, a black kid that looked like he was in his twenties, like he was his brother. Mm. I mean, they that the embrace was so genuine. You know what I'm saying? And it's just amazing how sports can bring us together. Because normally, oh. if that old, I would imagine if that old white man seen that young black kid walking up the street, he would walk to the other side <laughs> of the street to avoid Correct. him. And they hugged each other like they known each other for fifty years, man. That was supposed to do like And you, you know That's one thing I, I can say about Road Tide Like don't fall. Yeah <laughs> <laughs> They don't see When that football on They don't see no color man. They like Hey them white <laughs> folk Got them Cheer yeah, for yeah. them brothers Like like, like, like Get them buddy Get them yeah. <laughs> yeah. But To say that Imagine If all of our talent Went to HBCUs mm. All the money Would come back mm. So I'm um, 
if you don't mind, let me take it back. Go ahead. I'm going to take it back to Black Wall Street all the way to Rosewood. So, post-Civil War, blacks did its best, striving at its best. It wasn't just... It, matter of fact, the first black city was down there, Florida. I want to say Fort Mose mm-hmm. was down there. And due to an allegation or a lie, that city was strategically destroyed due to the hate, due to the jealousy. That, you know, why are you over there doing so good? Because guess what? At that time, we were minding our business. That dollar stayed within the black community. Talk about it. Same way about Tulsa, Rosewood, uh, Okuna, Florida. I might be saying it wrong. It's also a, a, a town in um, Arkansas. They're going to come back to me. Even Atlanta had a massacre some year, I think in 1906 or somewhere like that. A lot of these predominant black city, the communities, post-Civil War, were doing their best in that dollar state in the community. And if our players... What to do the same thing. Say, for instance, we gave them something to come home to, like some respect on respect tip. Mm. Respect and proper management of the finance. If they stay at home, ESPN would be at Montgomery. It'd wow. be in Huntsville. It'd be down in um, Baton Rouge. Huh. Be down in Houston at Prairie View and Texas um, Southern. They'd be in Petersburg at Virginia State. They'd be in Petersburg, Virginia State. Mm. They'd be in the eight at Morehouse. Come on. That's what it is. Like, we had to give us something to it, just like black business. And black business had to give somebody something to respect. Not saying that we don't, but the dollar will stay in if we do right by the dollar. But that's a whole fight that's been poison. The reason why I say it's been poison, when they did that Tulsa massacre, it struck fear. They dismantled it and stole the recipe and used it. Hmm. A lot of people don't look at it like that. A lot of people didn't even know that there were. 18 striving community, black community post-Civil War. Wow. And that's the power that we have. The last three years, our spending all been in the tree. <laughs> so me and you can go in a Hispanic community and say, we got a taco shop. But in our community... We got a whole nother different ethnicity selling soul food. Yeah, it's crazy. Hair product. Crazy. Et cetera, et cetera. Nails. And we still spend and buy. How do we get out of that mindset? How do, you know, because we are so hard on each other, right? Mm -hmm. You go to... You go to you say say you go to Houston's, and they don't bring a straw, with your drink, but you in Houston's. Oh, can you please give me a straw? Oh, we're out of straws. Oh, okay, well I just I just drink it. It's fine, no problem. They'll adapt. You go to a black-owned restaurant, and they don't got straws. They pulling out the phone. Mm-hmm. They blast in the restaurant. This why I don't go over here with mm-hmm. these folks because they don't ever got. But mm-hmm. but but not knowing that these people had generations of generations of money and trust and funding and credit mm-hmm. and and things of that nature to fund that business or whatever. And a lot of us are first generation business owners. Correct. Um, I'm not saying that we should settle for less when we shop with each other, 
but damn, give us a break sometime. Yeah, keep the business in house because we we figuring it out. We 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 a lot of us are figuring. It out. Even even with myself, you know what I'm saying. As a black mm-hmm. business owner myself, I'm figuring it out. Likewise, you know my 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 my, my pop was a uh, army soldier. You know what I'm saying. And I I ain't I ain't I ain't you know wasn't born in the millions. You know what I'm saying. I had to, and they did the best they could for me. You know what I'm saying. But I but I'm figuring it out. And 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 so you know due to not negligence, maybe ignorance that we may fall short. Man, have some compassion for your black brothers and sisters, man. And I think that's what we need to do. Instead of instead of being so quick to shun each other and to to discredit each other and to tear each other down. Hey man, if you're gonna give anybody a break, give us a break. That part. Cause you know what? Waffle House got roaches too. A lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> and you still go. And you still go in there. And yeah. they still messed up your hash browns. But yet you keep coming back. But as soon as <laughs> you go to that black owned business, oh, these beans ain't got enough barbecue mm-hmm. sauce in them. I don't like this shit. <laughs> you ain't do that in Waffle House. Waffle House been fucking up niggas' breakfast for 30 years, man. And counting. <laughs> Hey man, yeah. before we get out of here, man, uh, let's let's go back to this Juneteenth. W- when is it? Where is it? Uh, how can they get tickets? How can people get involved with the Juneteenth Culture Explosion? All right, Juneteenth Culture Explosion will take place Saturday, June seventeenth, seven p.m. to twelve a.m. They can get tickets at Eventbrite JCE twenty twenty three You can go to the whale sites and purchase the tickets there as well too. JCE2023.com And they also can contact Myself, Duke, or Jamie And we can get you what you need And if people want to get involved, man Reach out to us because we always open for You know, potential investors Funders You know, anything that we need Because we're what we're doing is growing so much But I will say this And I say this with a big smile We got a powerful team behind us That nobody don't even know I mean, when I say powerful team of brothers and sisters that, that are just supportive, like Brittany. I'm here now because Brittany and Hoover. Hoover called Brittany. <laughs> Brittany called you. Hoover. That's yeah. a little pause right there, ladies hey. and gentlemen. And it was so funny. He put. He really snatched me. He's like, come on. We gonna, gonna yeah. put me in front of the camera right there. Like, you're going you gonna to do this. You got to be in front of the camera, doc. I said, yeah. all right. <laughs> but you know, but you know the, that, that, that is a signification of, of exactly how we should operate. Yeah. I remember when Brittany... Took a chance on me when I didn't have nothing off of her. Mm. She believed in me, was my road manager, went on the road. I won't get no paid shows and nothing. Didn't have money to pay or nothing. But she, you know, she she believed in me, she supported me. And as I ascended, damn it, she ascended. That you part. feel what I'm saying? And and that's where we gotta get back to helping each other up, man. Because you know, at the end of the day, a lot of us are just first generations of everything. And we just yeah. trying to figure it out. Hey man, lift your brother up, lift your sister up before you try to tear him down. That Ladies part. and gentlemen, Juneteenth Cultural Explosion is a chance and opportunity for you to party with a cause, not only party with a cause, but a, a, a way that you can get involved. Tap in with this man. We need everybody. Pour into we this. Want event. everybody. Pour into this <laughs> event. Come. If if you can't sponsor, come. If you can't vend, right. come. If you can't come, at least share it to somebody <laughs> else that can come. 
Their part. You see what I'm saying? Because we all we got, man. These people don't want to see us do well. We are all we got. Yeah. Brother, before we get out of here, man, please, any shout outs, uh, give me your social media and everything they can find you at. Okay, they can find me at um, D.Entertainer09 on Instagram, Corey E. Thomas on Facebook, D.Entertainer09 on TikTok. There it is. And you can follow me at Ugly Money Nietzsche. That's Ugly Money N-I-C-H-E. This episode is being brought to you by Engorge Rejuvenation Team. Yep. Promoting erections, improving size, stamina, and libido. Whenever <laughs> it's time to put it down. <laughs> you don't need that hundred pack. You need yeah. that Engorge Rejuvenation Team. All you got to do is just pour it in there, heat that thing up, stir it up. And I promise you. Trying to run out the bed. <laughs> I used it last year. Because I ain't had sex all year. <laughs> I used it last year. I don't know if y'all ever seen Jason's lyric. Yeah. There's a part in the movie where the flowers with Alan Payne and Shawty and, yeah. and the flowers start coming up in the fireworks. I saw fireworks when I used Engorge Rejuvenation Tea. You definitely want to get an all natural male supplement. Make sure you go yeah. to Engorge.com to get yours today. Remember, the bigger the dream, the bigger the risk, the bigger the payoff. This has been the Ugly Money Podcast with CT. <laughs> Appreciate you. There it is, baby boy.